like to welcome everybody this morning, and we uh, we appreciate our kids and that fantastic singing. You guys did a great job this morning. Uh, we look forward to having a great day in the Lord, and um, we're excited to be here this morning. Uh, we're looking forward to being able to feel the Lord's Spirit and our prayers. He just passes through the church and uh, we'll touch some people's hearts this morning, and we can see some more people get saved. Uh, I really got some burdens for some people that are here pretty regular, and uh, I just love to see uh, the Lord call to them and then uh, accept that and come to the altar and uh, get what they need this morning. Uh, let's remember our Sunday school and our teachers. And Pastor Brother Jay dismisses Sunday school. Good morning, uh, Carl. Carl asked me to teach this morning. He said that uh, he's going to be uh, on the road, and uh, Blaine is going up to Athens to teach. There's a saying, I guess not teach, and. Uh, <clears throat> So you're stuck with the bottom of the barrel. They couldn't get anybody else. And they picked on me. So we'll see what we can do. I find that uh, reading the Bible and studying the Bible is really interesting. To me, it is. And I, I don't understand the Christian people that don't study more of the Bible and take it in. It's an interesting book. And um, so to me, it's, uh, it's very interesting. But it's not a book. And uh, one of the things, uh, it's really 66 books. 
And it's a, it's a collection of books. And there was a fellow giving a, a talk at a university. Uh, and uh, as he got down through the, at the end of it, he had the questions and answers. And this young man asked him, said, uh, do you really believe the Bible? And he said, yes, I really do. He said, I earnestly in my heart really believe the Bible, what it says and what it stands for. And the guy says, well, I, I just, just sort of scattered. He said, I think it's an interesting book, but not don't mean that much to me. And uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, uh, they have 66 different books. And it's wrote by around 40 authors. He said they don't know for sure who wrote a, couple, a few of the books. But uh, he said, let me uh, offer you a challenge. He said, you go anywhere you want, any library, and pick out 66 books on any subject you want and see if they agree. And that young man said, it, it's impossible. They have different ideas and different stuff. He said, but this, the Bible agrees. It all lines up. And he said, that's my point. That's the only book. That's the uh, collection of books, of 66 books that intertwine and aren't perfect. You can't find that anywhere else. So it's, it's so interesting to me. And uh, I, I find that uh, there's all kinds of stories in here. Uh, we look at them natural, we look at them spiritual. Uh, one of the interesting stories I got into uh, studying one time was uh, when Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain and offered him. And uh, I'd I done some studying on my own and uh, I got interested in where Mount Moriah was. So I Googled it. You know, I mean, if you don't know anything, you just get on Google and they tell you all you need to know. So I asked them where Mount Moriah was. And they said it was a, a hill in Jerusalem. Well, that didn't fit what I was looking for, but I got thinking this is today. Years ago, Jerusalem wasn't near as big. So I surmised that that maybe was just outside of Jerusalem. Well, today we call that Calvary. I believe Mount Moriah was actually uh, where Christ was crucified just outside of old Jerusalem. That's just my opinion. I can't
can't prove it, but it lines up if you take everything. So there's a spiritual side and a, and a natural side to all the stories. They actually happened if it said they, they happened. Now there's parables, but this was a natural story. So anyway, uh, just to give you one thing, uh, when they went on the trip, they took a donkey, firewood, and all this stuff. Two young men went with them. And uh, Abraham told them two young men to wait at the bottom of the hill, not come up there. Well, so who was those two young men? Uh, if you think about it, this is a picture of Christ being crucified. That's the spiritual side of that story. So I wondered and wondered. One day I run across something that Jesus said. And what he said was that the law and prophets was until John. And so, spiritually speaking, those two young men represented the law and prophets. Why were they young men? They were young men because at Abraham's time, they weren't in the picture yet. The law wasn't given to Moses. So they were young, but they were in the future of the story. So. That's just some of the ways you can put the Bible together. And it gets interesting to search it and uh, to look at it. And uh, so uh, you can get into numbers. Of course, number one would be God. Number two is the two witnesses. And what's the two witnesses? What two things give a picture of Christ, because the whole Bible comes back to Christ. Well, the two things are these right here, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The number three represents the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Number four would represent the four Gospels. Number ten would represent the law the Ten Commandments, so on and so forth. So uh, it's all intertwined, and the more you study it, the more fun it gets to be. So uh, anyway, uh, when I read uh, something, I look at four things. Who, what, when, and where. So if you study it and you answer all those questions, it makes it very interesting. And um, so uh, I, I, I find it a very, very uh, interesting book. And... Uh, 
events that we discuss. Uh, I'm always on to Carl about different things. And uh, so uh, I really enjoy it, and I, and I, I hope you will. Now, my problem is teaching a lesson that, so I have to answer those questions. Okay, uh, first one is who. There's two main things that we're going to study. The one was Jesus. He's the one doing the talking. He's the one that's the leader in this. Uh, the other one was his disciples, whom he loved very much. And uh, what, the word what now, what was he trying to tell them? He was trying to tell them something. He wanted them to know that the Holy Ghost was going to come. Now, let's go back to who just a minute. The disciples, we think of them as sometimes hard to understand people. They, they didn't seem to grasp, understand what uh, Christ was trying to tell them. But if you think about it in natural terms, there's two things. We are natural and we're spiritual. There's two of us. You have a, a spiritual side that only you know about. Your relationship with God and how you, you uh, view that. I had uh, uh, cancer, and so I had to take chemo, uh, and chemo uh, is rough on the body as far as that goes. So uh, at night, some nights I just never slept at all. and. Uh, it ruins your appetite, which uh, you can tell I've got over that problem, and I'm ready to eat again. <laughs> so anyway, uh, at night, late at night, I, you know, you didn't have anything to do, or I didn't want to watch television. I had no desire for stuff like that. So I would pray. and. Uh, talk to God some and they say he, he's always willing to be there and he ne our God never sleeps so I tried him all hours of the night and I agree he wouldn't but these these disciples they only met Christ after he started preaching so in natural life they were only been saved for like three years or so. Well, back when I was saved three years, I hardly knew anything about the Bible or Christ or anything. So uh, I can forgive them, you know. I think, well, they're okay. But now, if you follow them, as they got on older and more into it, and deeper into it, uh, like I've been saved a number of years, 
a lot more years than I want to think about. But I've grown. I hope I have anyway. So uh, I can forgive him. Okay, when did he do this? That's the third one. He done it just before he went to the cross. And uh, some of them, you could kind of look at it and say, well, he kind of saved the, uh, the best for the last. He was going to send the Holy Ghost to him as a comforter. Okay, that's, that's, uh, that's true, but they didn't need to know that way back when they first started. They didn't know it. When they got down to they was going to lose Christ, he was going to be gone from them. So, where? Well, he told them this the same night that they had a supper and he washed the disciples' feet. That's when he, he done that. So, uh, he, he done it at the right time. Now, there's a lot of times, did you ever have an opportunity to say something to somebody and you let it go past? You didn't do it when you should have. So there's a timing element. So uh, we're going to be in the, the 14th chapter of John. We're going to take a look at it. And this is uh, Jesus after he washed her feet. Now when he talked to them, they was... People asked him questions. Philip asked him one. Peter asked him one. And another disciple asked him one. And uh, I love questions. I used to, when I first started reading the Bible, I thought, why would they question God? Well, if I'd have been there, and I, I, when I was a young Christian, and Christ had tried to tell me something, I would question him. I would ask him why. Well, when's this going to happen? And so I can see me asking Christ these questions. And he always gave them an answer. And they didn't always understand what he was trying to tell them, but he, he told them. And uh, so I put myself in, in the place of the disciples and when Christ tries to tell me something I don't always get it at first I don't understand and uh, you say well how does he do that well what the easiest answer to that is the preacher when the preacher gets up and preaches uh, a lot of times uh he answers a question that I've had in my mind for a long time. He'll make it so simple. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, Brother Terry's real good on that. Uh, and I've had, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I've had uh, preachers ask. They'd be preaching and they'll kind of seem to go off 
over a little bit, and he was, I've heard him say, well, I, uh, I don't know why I got over that. Well, I do. He answered a question that I've had. Uh, he's explained something that I didn't understand, so God's a good help. Okay, let's go to, uh, uh, it's, it was in the 15th. Anyway, <clears throat> he, he, in the 14th, uh, he starts off, said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Well, uh, I always believed that there was a God. I was raised that way. I went to Sunday school as a boy, and I believed in Jesus as far as I could understand what it, what it was. But one day when he spoke to me as a 13-year-old boy, it was all new. I, I didn't look at him that way, and he was telling me that I was lost. Oh, I didn't really like that. Okay, we go down, the, the lesson starts the 15th, and he says, well, thank you. He says, if, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, I think one of the things, the simple one, is he wants us to come to church. He said, forget not to assemble yourself together. But uh, that's a simple one. But they get harder. Uh, if he wants you to get up and testify, sing a song, or even teach, it gets harder. Uh, so uh, it's not a, a, a real easy thing. So he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father. I notice that, that he doesn't say, I'll do this or I'll do that. Jesus come to do the will of God. Yeah, that was his mission in, in here. He honored his father. No big eye with him. Yeah, I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter. Well, we know what that is. Later on, it'll say that. It, the comforter was the Holy Ghost. So we have a constant companion. You say, well, what does the Holy Ghost do for me? Well, if you ever go in the store and have a desire to steal some chocolate, there'll be something in you tell you that's wrong. I guarantee it. I never done anything wrong that something didn't warn me that I was doing wrong. You say, well, that seems pretty simple. Well, God's will is real simple. He wants us to act right and do the right things. 
and to be a light unto the world. If you're stealing candy, you're not being a light to the world. So, that he may abide with you forever. Now, the Bible uses the word forever and ever. It's used a lot, especially in the book of Revelations. Well, if forever meant eternity, it would never say forever and ever. There's a, a forever here on this life, and then there's eternity. So when it says forever and ever, it really means eternity. It puts them together. Even the spirit of truth, whom the word cannot oops, cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but you know him for he dwelleth within you and shall be in you this Holy Ghost that he's going to give us comes from the Father Everything comes from the Father. He's going to give us, but He's only doing it. The Holy Spirit is only with His children. It's not in the world. The world don't have it. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Like I said, had those nights that I couldn't sleep. Jesus was always there. Just the simplest prayer that I wanted to say would really, you know, be just a comfort to me. Uh, it's something that I, I can't explain to the world. I couldn't make them understand. I never tried because I knew they wouldn't understand. But just him being there with me during those long hours was just a comfort. And uh, to prove it, no, I can't prove it because it's just me and him. <laughs> I've got no way to prove it, but I know it down here, okay? Yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. In other words, they was going to crucify him. They were going to put him in the tomb. When he got up, the world never seen him no more. He didn't appear to them. He, his, his desire was to his people. He had a, a following of people, of saved people. Now, one of the things when I'm saying this, uh, people ask, uh, well, do they, uh, they didn't understand what the Christians had. And uh, <laughs> Paul spent a lot of time trying to explain to people 
the book of Romans, uh, he tried to explain how the Holy Ghost come and how they did. Same way with uh, Hebrews. Uh, and all these writers, Peter, John, James, they all tried to explain. But uh, the world has a hard time understanding it. And uh, sometimes we do too. I'll be truthful. Nineteenth uh, again. Yay, a little while. That meant just till I get to Calvary. That's a little while. And the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall also, you shall live also. And at that day, thou shalt know him. I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Now, some people say we can be lost again. And if you take scripture outside of where it belongs, misuse it. Sure, I can prove. I can prove almost anything out of the Bible if you take it out of context. But this says that Christ is in me. So if the devil wants to get me to get my soul, he'd have to throw out Christ. He'd have to throw out God. He's just not that big. It's never going to happen. He that hath my commandments and keep them, it is he is that love me, and he that love me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. What does it mean I'll manifest to him? I'll just give you an example of late at night when he would come to me and I could have a conversation with him. And uh, I guess that's one of the things that helped me a lot in my Bible study. I began to understand what Christ was trying to tell me. And Judas said unto him, not an insolent, not the one that, uh, that, uh, because they intermix these names and stuff. That's what it says. Not the one that, that uh, denied him, that, that turned him over to the mob. That's what it's trying to say. Judas said unto him, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? That's a good question. Uh, I would wonder that too. Uh, so I don't disagree with these uh, young disciples. Uh, young and, and they were probably young men. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm glad they asked the question. So when Jesus answered, Jesus always gives you an answer. If you really want it, now you can't just off the top of your head say, I want this or that. I want to understand this. Sometimes 
he'll give it to you in due time when he wants you to understand sometimes. Uh, he said, if any man, he answered, he said, if, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And we do that when we accept what Jesus tells us and we keep them in our heart. We keep them in our, our mind. And my Father will love him. So you're not separating the Father and the Son. If one loves you, they both do. And we will come into him. That's into our lives, into our inner being and make our abode with him Christ lives in us another way of saying it he lives in the church so he lives within us okay and he that loved me not keepeth not my sins the world don't really keep what Christ said there's some good people that does good things but they still can't be good enough and do good enough things to get to heaven. That's not the, that's not the way to get there. He that loved me not keep not my sins, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. In other words, Christ has always said that he come to do God's will. He didn't come. He didn't come to make a name for Jesus. He come to make, do so that we'll, through him, recognize God. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Remember, he was telling them this while he was still alive, while he was still as they were, hadn't been dead yet. Now he wanted them to to remember that. Uh, he, he made some things, and Matthew said, and Peter, uh, he he said that, uh, and these things I've spoken unto you. being yet present with you in Matthew Peter remembered the words of Jesus which said unto him before the crock throws thou shalt deny me twins three times and went out and wept bitterly he, Christ told him he would and he did that and John, he wrote, when therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said unto them, they, and they believed the scriptures and the word which Jesus had said. In other words, he had, he had come to them, the things that Jesus said. I've, I've read where Jesus said so and so, it might be years before I fully understood what he was trying to say. Uh, 
John again said, And these things understood not his disciples at first. They didn't understand at all what he was trying to tell them at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. Remember, Isaiah told how they, uh, how he was going to be crucified, and all the suffering he was going to go through. They remembered that, and it come back to them. So, and they were written down. So, a lot of times I understand stuff that I've read in the Bible. Oh. But the Comforter, number 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, so he finally explained it the right way. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So there it is. We get to understand what God says. The longer we live, the more we study, the more we read the Bible, the better we are. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. You know, we have these peace conferences in the world. And they try to bring peace. Well, they brings, they keep us out of war sometimes. They do some good things. Uh, I'm not against them, I don't mean that. But the peace he's talking about is individually in our souls and in our thing. And uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Uh, I had a few years ago had open heart surgery and uh, so I was up there and uh, I thought I'd be afraid before you know the week or so leading up to it I thought I'd be afraid but that morning I really wasn't afraid uh, I know it's strange, and it seems a little different, but I thought, if I die, well, I'm just going to a better place. I, I, can do, I really didn't have any fear. And uh, so everything works out, though. Twenty-eight, said, ye have heard how it w was said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, you will rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now Jesus done all these miracles and done all these things that they saw him do. He really done some great things in their sight. They saw the healing 
they saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. They had confidence in him. But he said, I go to my father. And so, and my father's greater than me. So if God could do all, if Christ could do all these things and God was greater than him, think of what a God we have. We have a great God. And this reading is uh, 